We just finished the series for the last six weeks. It seems like six years. I've been kind of sharing with you guys about who we are here at 1910 Church and what we believe and how we were started and what our foundation is. You need to know that the Lord built this house. And if the Lord builds the house, nobody can tear it down. Amen. And so this house is built on him and this house will always be about him. And he is our senior pastor. He leads us. He guides us. And you need to know that that's our commitment. We're going to introduce you to Jesus because we believe that he is the answer that you're searching for. You need him. We're going to help you grow in Jesus. We're going to help you understand what Jesus's call is on your life because make no mistake about it. If you're not dead, he's not done with you. And there's something he wants to do through you. We want to equip you and empower you. And check this out. This church is going to send you out in the power and in the authority and in the name that is above every name, Jesus. It's all about him. So today, listen, I'm going to give you just a heads up that if you get get bored at any other time from this point forward in the, in the message or the testimonies that are going to be shared, you, you are sitting on something that well, it looks like this. This is a, a ministry partnership. And we've been sharing with you guys that we were going to give you the opportunity to, to partner with this house called 1910. We've done our best to try to share with you vision and direction and what we believe and where we're headed. And some of those things are, are listed there for you. But, but I want you to see today that, that there's an invitation for you to unite with this house to advance the kingdom of God. That's what we're all about here. You need to know that this year at 1910, we're going to build his kingdom, not ours, his. And that is going to be our focus. And we want to invite you to join us. And so today at the end of the service, you're going to have an opportunity if you would like to be a part of that with us. You know, I, I, I love today because you're going to hear some incredible stories from Ordinary people, many of which you may be sitting next to right now. You know, in, in God's plan, and I don't know why he chose this, but God chooses the common normal things of the world, does he not? To reveal himself. And when I think about the life of Jesus, you know, Jesus came and, and he called people. We call this first 12, we call them disciples, but he called individuals to be a part of building his father's kingdom, much like the call is that we're issuing to you today to partner with us in building the kingdom of God, right? But, but here's the thing that I love about those that Jesus called. He chose ordinary, flawed people to change the world. You ever thought about that? That, that gives me hope, Harvey. That, that, that gives me great hope that, that, that God can take a lug nut like me and use me somehow for good in the kingdom of God. Aren't you thankful for that? You see, someone here today feels like you're too old, you're washed out, or you've been told you'll never amount to anything. I want you to know that you're probably the prime candidate for God to use for his glory. And, and check that. I, I love that because it's for his glory, because people know you and they know that you're not good enough. But through the power of the Holy Spirit on you, ooh, come on. God can do extraordinary things. He chose ordinary, flawed people to change the world. And that is still his plan today. You know, we read these words in the book of Acts chapter one. 
in verse eight, that Jesus has sent his disciples to Jerusalem to meet with um, a handful of other believers. And he's told them to wait there because this one that he had promised, this, this, this one that would, through his power that would come on them, they would do even greater things. He told them to wait and he gives them these words in Acts chapter one, verse eight, before he sends them there. He says, you're going to receive power. Say power. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus says, I'm going to give you power. There was a Greek word. It, the Greek word is dunamis. We get our English word dynamite. Jesus wanted his disciples to know, listen, I'm going to give you something that is explosive. I'm going to give you something that, that affects things, environments and changes landscapes. You see, I'm going to give you power. It's interesting to me that these very 12 or 11 at this point that had been with him for three years, they, they, they had ministered. They'd seen him minister, yet there was still something they lacked. They needed. It was power. Power. You see, we can be content just to know a lot of things about God. We, we can know just a lot of stories about Jesus. But I'm telling you, there, there, there is something when the power of the Spirit comes on a person. You, you, you affect things. You, 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 you change things. These disciples were going to need this power. And can I tell you something, 1910, in order for us to advance the kingdom and build the kingdom and be representatives, ambassadors for him, we're going to need the Holy Spirit power to change our lives as we change the world. We're talking about spiritual power. And listen, this power says you're going to receive that power, not because you go to church more or, or you give more money or you know stuff. No, no, no. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes over you. He told them to wait for that. He told them to wait for that to come upon you. You see, what our culture needs are Holy Spirit emboldened people that will go in his power and in his strength and be Jesus in the culture around us. Are you with me today? Changing the world. When that power came upon these disciples, they had stronger, a stronger faith. There was a boldness. They began to preach and teach and perform signs and wonders. Listen, they were courageous in the face of adversity. Even their very lives threatened. Oh, they stood tall. They stood confident because of that dunamis, the power. I, I, I love through the book of Acts, you read about some of the things that they did empowered by the Holy Spirit. But I, I especially love this chapter 17. We find that, that Paul and Silas are traveling through different cities and villages and they're, they're teaching and preaching about Jesus being the Messiah. Um, and, and, and there are many that are beginning to believe it says that they would enter into the synagogues, the churches of these communities in which they would go to and, and they would sit down and they would begin to, 
to, to just share. And, and I love here. It, it says they didn't get any yelling match with the rabbis. They didn't get in, 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 in debate and, and scuffles over, over those who were religious. I, I love it. it gives reference here in chapter 17 that they used the scripture. They just looked at the word. They just scripture was what they had in order to win them over. Some of the Jews begin to follow and believe that Jesus was the Messiah. They had seen the signs and wonders that the apostles were performing and they were believing the truth now of who Jesus was. But there were yet still some that were not a part of that. In fact, it says that they became a little jealous, that they became threatened. And so I, I love what these religious people did. They, they formed a mob. They, they gathered a group of people to begin to, to cause riots within the community and go against these apostles. In fact, it says in chapter 17 that they sent the, this mob, this group to go riot in, in, to the home of a man by the name of Jason. It's just coincidence that an angry mob would ever come against someone who's trying to preach the gospel and, and preach Jesus to other people. It's just, it's biblical. It's biblical. They thought that he was hiding Paul and Silas out. Uh, hiding them in there in the house. But yet I love what it says in verse six. He says, um, th these are what they said to the city council. Can you imagine this type of city council meeting? You get upset over your HOA rules and regulations and roads not being finished. I'm telling I think Jesus might come back before some of the, that's okay. Well, Hey, Hey, who'll come first, Jesus or Bucky's? Because I don't work on Fridays and Saturdays and I'm up for that 14 bucks an hour. And don't think that I'm not going to eat one of those pink peanut patties. Sorry, I digress. This is, hey, this is 11 o'clock. Y'all get the, the good stuff. Amen. Hallelujah. Look what it says. So before this, the city council, these religious leaders are saying this, quote, Paul and Silas have caused trouble all over the world, they shouted. And now they are here disturbing our city too. It's time for us to cause a disturbance. The, 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 these, the, these disciples were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not talking about causing a disturbance where we riot and loot and burn things down and, and what. But I'm talking about we need a Holy Ghost disturbance to creep up in us and through us that fills our city so that our city leaders are going, man, you guys are causing an uproar. Can you imagine? These disciples were consumed with the power of the Holy Spirit. They were ready to go to the ends of the earth with the gospel. And can I tell you something? Nothing's changed. Disciples are still needed to infiltrate culture and change the world around us. Today, you're going to have an opportunity to hear such stories. Today, you're going to have an opportunity to hear stories from normal, flawed, jacked up people. Believe me, I know them. Just kidding. But they're filled with the Holy Spirit of God. 29 days ago, if you're part of a kingdom assignment, I want to invite you to go ahead and make your way to one side of this room, if you would. There's stairs on the side. And and our staff are going to meet you there. Our board's going to meet you there. But hey, 29 days ago, I, I, I preached a, a message, I talked about 
how we were going to be a part of advancing the kingdom of God here at 1910. And, 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 and I invited people at the end of that sermon to, Hey, if, if you really want to step out in your faith, if you want to be just like these apostles, we read about it and you want to live for Jesus and make a difference. I want to ask you just as a symbol of that, to come forward and step forward. Listen, there's something about taking steps forward that God honors. He honors that. And, and 80 individuals came forward that day. And I prayed over them. I challenged them. And, and as I was doing that, we had some, some spiritual ninjas in the room that began to, to slip into their hands a seed. Say seed. A seed. You know, a seed is small. A seed is tiny. But when it's planted in good soil and when it's nurtured and when it is touched by something supernatural, it can grow and flourish into something really beautiful. Are you with me there? 80 people were given a hundred dollar bill, seed money, and they were given these words. Hey, listen, first of all, you need to know that heaven believes in you. Heaven believes in you. This money, this seed that you're holding, it's from heaven above. God has given this to you. And God is empowering you and equipping you with a seed. He wants you to go plant that seed so that others might get a clearer picture as to who he is and what he can do in their lives. The challenge was given. You have 29 days. Today is day 29. Those that received this seed knew that they were going to have to come back and, and bear witness, share a story, give a testimony. Listen, when God does something good in us or through us, we need to tell that story. We need to bear witness to that. And, and you're going to hear some of those stories today. I don't know what they're going to say. I'm a little nervous looking at some in this, on this side of the room right now. Pastor Mario, I was talking about you. I'm just, you know. This side, I've got great hopes for y'all, okay? No, I'm just kidding. Now, here's the deal. What I want you to see, y'all coming up. Maddie, you guys come on over with me because these are ordinary people that were empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. They stepped out to represent Jesus in our community. Hey, introduce yourself to us and tell us your story. Uh, I'm Maddie Briggs. Jocelyn's kind of like Moses and I'm kind of like Aaron. She's really scared and doesn't want to talk. <laughs> but... um. Oh my gosh, my mind's racing. Uh, Jocelyn, I'm going to tell her story first, but she uh, felt it in her heart that she needed to come up, come up to the front because she has a lot of friends who are atheists, and they're also dyslexic. And Jocelyn's dyslexic, and she likes to read uh, comic Bibles, like Bibles that are in comic book form. So she felt like she needed to get that for her friends. And it actually sparked a conversation between her and her friend Jordan to actually tell them about Jesus. I thought it was awesome. Come on. Come on, Jocelyn. Hallelujah. Mine's not as cool. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it's good. Uh, mine was a lot of waiting, which I think was on purpose. God's like, you need to learn how to wait. So, <laughs> and finally, at the last minute, uh, I lost my purse. I had the money, both our money in it, and I found it. And that same day, uh, someone from my past, uh, she was volunteer, volunteer coordinator or something like that at the Texas Diaper Bank, said, hey, uh, September 24th to October 2nd is Diaper Need Awareness Week. And so I made a Facebook post about it, and I'm, um, okay, I'm a procrastinator. I still haven't given her the money, but I'm going to give her the money. That's where, where it's supposed to go. Amen. 
I love that. Seeing a need, stepping into need, getting the word of God in somebody's hands. Jocelyn, that can read it and understand it. Meeting a need of diapers. Amen. I love that. Hallelujah. Who's next? Come on over here. Come on over here. Come on, somebody. Introduce yourself and tell us your story. Hi, I'm Isabella. And so I bought money from the money. I bought candy. And then I put Psalms on there, 121. Um, and I passed them out to my school. And then after I was done passing them out, this girl came up to me and she said that she might do the same thing too. Wow. Come on, somebody. You thought candy was bad for a person, but with the word of God all over it, it is mm, sweet nectar of heaven. You, you wrote on candy bars and gave them out at school. Wow. Have you heard any other cool stories yet about that? So uh, my friend Violet, I gave her one of them. And then like this week, she was having a really tough week. So I told her to look at the verse. And she said that it really helped her. How about that, somebody? Come on. Come on. Thank you so much. That's incredible. Who's up? Come on up, brother. Come on over here. See you. Introduce yourself and tell us your story. Uh, My name's Jesus. uh, We can already stop right there. Somebody named Jesus. We can definitely say that Jesus was at our church today. Hallelujah. Go ahead, Jesus. So I went to, to a used bookstore next to the library and I bought some Bibles. And after that, I bought uh, some McDonald's and I went to, to downtown and just started giving people food and Bibles. Come on. And um, there was uh, this one guy that I gave uh, food to and I gave him a Bible. And I told him that what it took me to get to Jesus was just getting told to get a Bible. And he was actually coming and, you know, like getting that extra step. Instead of him having to ask for it, he came to him. So I made a U-turn and I saw him reading the Bible after I had. So it might, uh, hopefully he gets uh, further in the step. But Hallelujah. McDonald's and the bread of life. Amen. Come on. I know that that Big Mac probably meant something to him, but you gave him the gift that can transform and change his life. Hallelujah, Jesus. That's good. Come on up here. Who's next? Tell us your name and your story. Um, My name is Layla Swank, and I've been going to church almost my whole life. And when I was younger, I kind of thought that everybody had a Bible and everybody knew Jesus. And I thought that was just, I thought that was the way everybody lived. And the older I got, I, the more I started to realize that is about the furthest thing from the truth. Um, and so I choose to spend the money on Bibles and I'm starting to reach out to students and families at my school that are unable to afford Bibles or to have access to them. Come on somebody. Hey, we got teenagers that are taking the word of God into their school. You know, so many people have tons of Bibles laying around collecting dust, Layla. And I love that you understand the importance of sharing that with your friends and you're willing to step out and be a a missionary for him. Thank you so much. That's incredible. Who's up? Oh yeah. Y'all come on up here. Introduce yourself and tell us your story. Um, I'm Carly. This is Logan. Logan. Uh, We are both actually sober, recovering alcoholics and drug addicts. Come on, somebody. Come on, let's give God glory for that. Come on. Woo. We 
those of you who don't know, the average cost for rehab is about $23,000. There is a state-funded facility close by here that is dear to us. And we took, they don't have a cook on the weekends. Uh, So we went and took them lunch and spread the word of God and got to talk to them and have conversations with them about Jesus and what Jesus has done for us. Hallelujah. Logan, you want to add anything to that, bro? Sure. Um, So like she said, we're both in recovery. I was a heroin addict for 10 years. And so I got the chance to sit with these guys and tell these guys, like, it doesn't matter what you've done or who you were or what you had to do to get here, that Jesus has a purpose for your life. And that, that I've been resurrected and restored and that it can happen for anybody. And that there is a plan, there is a purpose. If you believe this is what the power of God in your life could do for you. And it was, it was awesome. And I'll make it quick. No, you're good. It's funny how God does things and works in ways that we, we can't see or comprehend. Um, my grandma called me the same day and I was talking to her and telling her about it. Well, my grandpa overheard me telling her what we were doing and he took the phone from her <laughs> and was like, I just think that it's amazing that my grandson is finally on the right track. And I wanted to let you know that I'm going to recommit my life to God also. Come on, somebody. The seed, the seed. It will not return void. Hallelujah. Good God. So I need a tissue. I need a tissue. Come on over, Sally, please. Best sermon at 1910 all year, isn't it? Come on up here. Talk to us. Becky with you? Yes. Awesome. Introduce yourself. Tell us your um, stories. My name is Shelly Geisler, and um, I immediately, once I received my seed, felt very strongly that it was to go to Becky. So I'm just going to let her share what she's doing. <laughs> and what awesome. Well, I just, my name is Becky Darling, and I have um, just been backed by this church before I even attended here. I just have to say, um, the seed that was given um, 29 days ago was multiplied uh, because the enemy tried to take me out with a spider bite, detoured me. In that time, God multiplied the seed by 600%. There will be a women's retreat conference at the end of this month. It was supposed to be September 22nd, but God moved in a way to where it will allow anyone here who knows a woman who is in the darkness and needs to be shown encouragement and loved and to be pointed to Jesus so she can reach for joy. That We've got room for you. Come find me after service and there is a place for you. I love that. 600% increase. I need to put y'all on my finance team. That's awesome. God is good. That's what he does. So a conference for ladies in a dark place. We want to get them there because they're going to be exposed to who Jesus is and their difference. Amen. Come on, somebody. Let's give God glory for that. Come on up here, Jesse. Hallelujah. That's good. Paper because okay. I'm really nervous. <laughs> um, we were given the assignment to be spiritual ninjas by you, and um, I just knew that our family tries all the time to be the hands and feet of God whenever we can. And um, so I 
prayed and waited and prayed and waited. And I was about to give the money back to the church on Wednesday because I did not know what to do with it. And I thought you would do better with it. So that was this Wednesday you were going to give it back. Okay. Uh, But I was also reminded that sometimes when we pray, God whispers. He does not shout to us. So um, the first day of school, our daughter suffers from debilitating anxiety. It took us an hour and 40 minutes to get her into the school the first day. Um, Her counselor, as we were in there, two girls arrived from the shelter that morning. Um, They did not have food. They had basically what they were wearing in a backpack. Um, So... I thought about those girls all the time, but my mind did not go there because I was going to do something profound with this seed. So um, finally, Wednesday, I came to Bible study and somebody said that when God whispers, we are to obey as Christians. And I was reminded that that those girls were God's whisper to me. So I quickly went home from Bible study and emailed the counselor and um, she was told Friday would be their last day at school and they were getting a house for the first time ever. They were going to have a bedroom and they've never had their own house. So things that our kids take for granted, um, they were going to have for the first time. So our family put together um, Walmart gift cards and HEB gift cards just for them to get some necessities and shop for themselves for the first time. How about that? I love it. God doesn't oftentimes shout, but he comes in a whisper. There's an Old Testament Bible story that talks about that. You just Google it, but he whispers to us sometimes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesse Addison. Who's up? Oh, yeah. Come on. This is Joy. Her name's not Joy, but can't you just see that? I'm jealous of your hair. Tell us who you are and your story. You could have met me, but oh, never mind. I would look like an Easter egg if I colored my head. <laughs> who are you and what's your story? My name is Lisa Davenport. And when I got the $100, um, there was a lot of pressure because I work a lot of hours and I don't get out much. So I was like, oh, what am I going to do with this money? So I went to the bank and I divided it into five $20 bills and I thought, well, just God's going to tell me, you know, each time in each situation what I'm supposed to do with it. And so one time was at ATB, and I gave it to a mom and her daughter. The daughter was pregnant, and they had this little toddler with them who kept grabbing things off the shelf while they were trying to check out. So I just started playing with him, and he was just the most absolutely adorable little kid. And so I gave $20 to that family. And then I met some homeless people in the Walmart parking lot and sat and talked with them. One was a homeless veteran, and which really broke my heart. And um, we did talk for a while and talk about God. Mm. And then then I went to take five to get my truck inspected. And I paid for the two people behind me. (laughs) Wait, I wish you would have told me what day you were going to be there because I had to for my own. I could have a little fun with God money. And I told, and I told the technician, I said, this money is from God. Please pay for the two people behind me to get their inspection. So come on somebody. That's what Jesus would do. Really? Hey, Norma, come on up here. Norma, come on over here. How are you, Miss Norma? Come on. Look at that smile. Come on. That's Jesus. You don't know what Jesus smiles like. Look at that right there. Hi, I'm Norma Harrison. When I received that $100, the first thought was to put it in the giving box 
And then they said, they challenged me and said, do something with it. And I was like, okay. God had put it in my heart to buy giving tracks a long time ago. And I was disobedient. So immediately when they said, you know, do something with this hundred dollars, I said, okay, God, <laughs> you got me. So I bought the salvation tracks, that is. It says happy hour on it. <laughs> so each one has a bunch of, diff there's a bunch of different stories about salvation in these tracks. And then I put 1910 church on the back. Okay. You're passing those out to people. And I'm passing these out to people. Uh, so I've been out of town. So this weekend was the first weekend I started passing them out. I haven't, I don't have any stories yet, but I intend to have stories. That's right. Miss Norma, as you step out, God's going to give you some stories to share. We want to hear those. I plan to share them. All right. Awesome. Praise God. Happy hour. I like that. Come on over here. Hallelujah. Hey, tell us your name and your story. Can you do that? Yes. Elizabeth. My name's Elizabeth. Um, so I grew up with those tracks as a kid, so I recognize those right away. They're a blessing. Wow. So uh, roughly five years ago, my son bought me a devotional and he wrote in it. And at that time, things were great. You know, life was great. You know, we all go through trials, but there was no trial around at that time. And he wrote, Merry Christmas, Mom. Hope this book gives you some sort of help and relief for the times ahead. And I thanked him for it. I was like, thank you, you know, Mihon. I, I was like, oh, I hope nothing like serious is going to happen. But roughly a month later, I went through one of those trials that literally just takes your breath away. And God walked with me through that whole trial. And this book, that devotional he gave me was so beautiful and spoke to me in the most profound ways. I mean, I felt the Lord there with me, even on those days where we literally say, God, where are you? You're so quiet. It's been months and I haven't heard anything from you. But God worked in my life in such a beautiful way. So I had started buying some of these books and giving them to people. And so with $100, that's, I'm contacting the author. Her name is Holly Girth, and the book is, um, what your heart needs for the hard days. A little plug there. There you go. Yes. And so I, I'm a teacher, so I've been given, God will just, he'll let me though. The Holy Spirit will just guide me on what teacher to give it to. You know, it's a, it's a tough time for teachers, but I, um, God has me there still 10 years at the same campus. And I, and it's not an easy campus. It's a high poverty, high crime campus in San Antonio, Texas. But, um, I was so grateful and it was confirmation when I was given the hundred dollars to continue planting those seeds. I love that. So a seed was planted in you by your son and now you're returning that favor. Come on, somebody. That's good. Come on up, brother. Awesome. You guys come on up on the platform for us. How's it going? Ed Guzman. How you doing? Hey, Ed. Anyway, uh, when I got the hundred dollars, I was like, oh, I automatically knew where it was going to go. I've been something had gotten put something in my heart for a long time, and uh, it was it was an organization called uh, Prison Fellowship, and that hundred dollars turned into one hundred New Testaments and, and Christian literature out for prisoners all over. So 
it, uh, it's, it multiplied, you know, big time, you know, I just, uh, and, and so I'm just really prayed over it and thank God. And, so you're getting the word of God into the prisons. You know, Paul was a guy that wrote in prisons and sent letters out from prison. And now we're getting the word in. Hallelujah. And so it was just a real blessing to have that money. I appreciate it. Automatically knew, you know what, this money is going to go to where it's really needed, you know, to change, change, transform and revive and uh, just change the culture, you know, hopefully throughout the United States. No one's too far gone, are they? That's right. You know what? That's right. You know, there's plenty of broken people. And I call, you know, we, we're like living dead a lot of times. So some people are, and it's, this will put, you know, Jesus came to bring life and to serve, you know, and he brought the dead to life so that he can, he can do that there, right? So I said, amen, you know. Come on, Ed Guzman. That is incredible. Come on up here, Amanda. Hallelujah. Introduce yourself and tell us your story. Okay. I'm Amanda, excuse me. I'm Amanda Graybill, and um, I knew when I came up, uh, after I got the $100, exactly what God was telling me to do with it. Um, our son is homeless. We went to see him in Oregon just over a month ago. And it was the most beautiful thing to be able to see him for the first time in seven years. Wow. Um, to love on him, to pray with him. It was the hardest thing in the world to leave him there. And um, he's a veteran and he has addiction. And um, I, I just knew the things that we helped him with, like essentials, like a razor, he would go down to the river and shave. And um, toothpaste and Neosporin and Band-Aids, things that homeless people need that we take for granted. And so um, some, of the, some of the girls and Rachel, <laughs> Uh, helped me Wednesday night put together uh, these bags. And they all have bands in them that I ordered um, with scripture. So hopefully they'll wear them, hopefully they'll read them. But uh, the coolest thing is that $100 was multiplied to a thousand. And. Um, hey, you had a big shopping day, I know. I think we have a picture of your shopping day. Yeah, <laughs> that was fun. I was the most popular shopper at Dollar Tree. Um, the longest, like literally the longest receipt ever. And then I went back last Friday because my goal was to do 100 bags. So I have bags in the atrium. I'd love for you to take some uh, as you want and give them away, keep them in your car. I know we don't have that many homeless people in Bernie that we see, um, but if you go into San Antonio, or even Kerrville, uh, they're in need of things like these. So please take some and be a part of this project. Amen. Took a hundred, multiplied it to a thousand. Come on up, Carl. Hallelujah. All right. I'm a little nervous here, Carl. Tell us your name and your story. All right, first off, I say praise the Lord. My name's Carl Thompson. I started a ministry called Cooking for the King. And uh, what we do is, well, first off, me and, I've been doing the uh, ministry for the church for a long time, delivering meals to people. And the lady that was running it quit, so me and my wife took over. <laughs> but the problem is, we haven't cooked a meal in like six weeks because we never, we can't find people to bring them to. 
So what? My address is. <laughs> I got this, one here for you. Oh. <laughs> okay. So what? What my idea is. It comes from uh, 1 Kings chapter 17, where Elisha went to a lady and said, uh, feed me. And she said, I only have enough flour left for me and my son, and then we're going to eat it and die. And he said, well, if you feed me, you'll never run out of flour. So the bowl just kept replenishing itself. So what I've decided to do is I cook, uh, I cook these up in mass quantities. It's chicken parmesan. I make all this by uh, from scratch to make the sauce and everything. Up a little bit, so like, look at that. And so these are just uh, what we do. What I do is I sell. They cost me about twelve bucks to make, so I sell one and then I can give away one. So I sell it for twenty-five, and then I take the money that went for that. I can give away free meals. So and I theoretically will never run out of money. And also, um, when, we do, when we deliver the meals, we don't just set them on the front door. We try to get in there and tell them about Jesus. Because if more people, you know, people are more receptive to the gospel, I think, when they're going through hard times. And we're also going to be, we're also going to be contacted. What I want to do is send out letters to all the churches and stuff in the neighbor, in the area. And um, we're going to need people to also cook. If we can build this thing up enough to where we have members of the church that are on the, already on the, you know, to help people out and get some new ones. And we're going to try to just, we're just going to try to mass produce them. again. I love that cooking ministry going on right there. That's for me. Oh, awesome. Hallelujah, babe. We have lunch today. That is, hey, we hear that the pastor Angie, come on, Carl. That's amazing. Praise God. Hey, see Carl, if you want to help cook, come on up here. Hey, tell us your name and your story. Person. Thank you. I've... Talk as long as you want to talk, as long as you want to speak. You the mic. <laughs> he told me to say that last. What? <laughs> My name is Ashley, and with the seed um, that was given to me, I went out and I bought ten warm blankets, sack lunches, and some dog food for some homeless people on the southeast side of San Antonio. And I got to bless um, a man who had stage four liver cancer, wow. a man who couldn't move in his wheelchair, and some people who um, were more excited for the dog food than for the food for themselves. So I thought that was really cool. Um, I took my family along with me, including my five-year-old sister. And one thing that she said, uh, being as little as she was and not really understanding the whole concept of what we were doing, she said, you want to treat others the same way that you want to be treated. And I, I took that very dear to my heart and just to know that we were able to plant that little seed in her for when she grows up. How about that? Treat others the way we want to be treated. Hey, thank you. Five-year-old sister. That's amazing. Hallelujah. Hey, come up. Tell us your name and your story. Uh, I'm Sherry Dawn Sheffield. And uh, when we got the $100, it was a lot of pressure. Um, but after a couple of weeks of praying on it and, and trying to figure out what we were supposed to do, it, it hit me that, um, well, me and my husband, we run a nonprofit called Roy the Warrior uh, in honor of our three-year-old son who drowned six years ago. And what these bags are, are fully fitted trauma kits with emergency oxygen for first responders. And we give these bags to them in hopes that they have the tools they need when they need them. We live in a broken world and, and you never know where where these people are going to be and, and what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So every time I put these bags together, I pray. I pray during putting it in and I, and I pray after. 
that this will find the place it needs to go. I've always wanted to let these people know that it's been prayed over. So this enabled me to get 150 plastic cards um, that I ordered too late, so they're not here yet. But (laughs) on this card, um, it says, we prayed for this. We believe in the power of prayer still, even when God's answer is not what we wanted. We believe that even in the worst situation, God will make beauty out of ashes. We prayed over this bag. We prayed for you. We pray that you never have to use this bag, but we know you probably will. And so when the time comes, our prayer is, your hands are quick, your mind is clear, your heart is open and protected, and you are safe. The person you're helping is healed. We want you to know you are loved, you are seen, you are needed, and you are appreciated. And on the front, of course, you can't see this, but of course it has our little guy's face and it says 1910 church, sorry, can't read, kingdom assignment. So these will go on all these bags that go out. Hallelujah. Making a difference as first responders are making the difference in the lives of others. Come on, guys, I'm telling you, staff's not having to create these moments. These are ordinary people empowered by the Holy Spirit. Tell us your name and your stories. um, My name's Jennifer. This is my sister, Jamie, and um, our sister, Amanda, who's not able to be here today, um, and our mom, Teresa, sorry. Um, We were all at different parts of the sanctuary, and we each got blessed with a seat. Um, So our ministry that we have is working in childcare. Um, We have our own daycare and stuff like that. So um, we wanted to pour back into that, and um, something that we've we've seen over the many years is the the moms of the unborn child who um, don't know what to do, who are pregnant and don't. How am I going to supply for my baby for this first, you know, couple months? So what we did was we put our money together. We went and got um, just your basic needs for babies. Um, diaper bags. Um, we called the Hill Country Pregnancy Center and asked what they needed. And they, you know, they gave us a list and we just went and we bought clothes, um, bibs, hats, diaper cream, you know, baby wash and all that. And not only did we do that, but we also um, are putting together little bags for the moms. Um, I'll let you talk about the moms. In the bags for the moms, there will be slipper socks, lotion, chapstick, um, chocolate. Hey. Um, yeah, I, I'm a fan. Can dads get those bags too? We'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Next assignment. Next assignment. Um, and then we purchased scripture cards and they'll have a magnet on the back for them to post. Yep, yep. And then, um, we took, um, index cards and wrote Jeremiah 29 11 on it. And on the back we put, if you ever need anything, um, please contact 1910 Church and we will do our best to plug into you. Um, for our ministry, it's very important for us. That is what we have been called to do. Um, I've been in childcare for over 15 years. I've seen it. I've seen a lot. Um, and there are people out there, single moms, single dads, just young families that don't know what to do. And that's to... to um, my calling from what I believe is to pour into those and let them know there is hope. Amen. There is hope in Jesus. There yes. is hope. Yes. There are people out there that are there to help you. Yeah. 
and guide you. I love that. Thank you guys so much. Hey, church, come on. Can we give God some honor and glory today? Because here's the deal. Ordinary people, flawed, just stepping out in the power of the Holy Spirit. Can we give God honor and glory today for these stories? Hallelujah. Hey, you guys can sit down for just a second. But hey, listen, I, I, I want you to understand something that that these are people that simply made themselves available. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, revealing himself and showing them opportunities, they stepped out in obedience, right? Some of them were nervous. Some of them were nervous to do this, but yet they trusted God. The seed, it's going to sprout. We may never know all the, 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 the stories until we stand in glory one day, right? But thank you guys. I, I love that we're a part of a church that understands that all of us are involved in this thing called kingdom work. In fact, can I just remind us all of something today before we let you guys go here in just a second that all of us have a role to play when it comes to building the kingdom of God. Every one of us, we all have a role to play. In fact, let me just remind you what Jesus challenges us with and what he calls us when it comes to being a part of kingdom work. In Matthew chapter five, Jesus says these words, you're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God's not a secret to be kept. We're going to go public with this <laughs> as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm going to put you on a light stand. And now that I've put you here on that hilltop, on a light stand, shine. 1910 Church, it is time for us to shine the light of Jesus. Looking for opportunities to plant seeds for the kingdom of God. I want to invite you to be a part of that with us here. I want to invite you to be a part of, of partnering with this house. It doesn't matter. Listen, what, what you have or haven't done. Listen, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. Can we draw a line in the sand today to say, you know what, God, we're not going to hide under a bucket any longer. And we're going to cause a disturbance in our city, a good disturbance, all for the sake of the kingdom of God. And so today, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to invite you to partner with us. You're sitting on this. I mentioned it earlier today. And I want to invite you that if you would love to help us build the kingdom of God, if you want to partner with this house in advancing the kingdom of God, we want to encourage you to fill this out, to sign it, to date it. And here's the deal. There's something symbolic about taking steps of obedience. You heard it today from people all over this platform. I took a step. I stepped out. I made myself. And we're going to invite you to come today and bring this signed partnership and place it here at the altar before the Lord. The calling on this house is great. And I can't wait to see who is going to join this journey with us as we partner with our Heavenly Father. I'm going to invite you to just join us as we worship together today. And as the spirit of the Lord leads you, it doesn't matter if you've been a part of this house for 15, 16 years. This is a new day. This is a fresh start. We're building.